0: Welcome to Everything PC, episode three of season two. My name is Duncan Macleod, editor of Tech Central. I'm joined with by my collaborator in this venture, Gerard Pretorius. Gerard, good to see you again. Yes. Gerard works at Computers Only. I think I forgot, forgot neglected to say that in. Uh last week's episode yes <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine apologies <laughs> it's all good no worries. Um welcome to the show uh, we are uh, as is becoming customary going to look at some old tech before we talk about all yes. the new stuff so uh, what have we got here today let's uh, let's have a let's have a quick squiz at all of this let me close my machine uh you brought this the, in this the, morning the, the super advanced pentium 2 pentium 2 which uh actually comes out of its slot um, it's actually, let me hand it to you a, because
1: it's, it's a socket that chip Socket the d- chip. Yes, well, let's see CPU those very often. Is Basically, socket. When this thing allows it to come free from the fan, you uh, I
0: think there's a, there, there we, we go. Right.
1: Okay, so there you can see the nice, nice advertisement for Pentium with a like a shiny, shiny f- reflective part of the actual chip design inside and so forth. This is the version that has both in it, so it has a MX, MMX chip in it as well. That's the mask processor. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that is now all integrated. So when you actually open this whole thing, you'll see there's two chips in here that actually act as the CPU in, in sessions. But yeah, it's they well chips were mostly traditional where we had the like normal like BGA so and uh, well basically BGA socket where it has the needles and so forth that you put in and so forth. Then Intel moved to this socketed form because that the CPU was just not just one chip. It was actually two chips that they've actually. early days of chiplet (laughs) (laughs) so that we have got two chips on here and then it was just easier to sell it as a socketed chip that you can just stock in and from pentium 2 we made pentium 3 and then basically since then we went back to the more traditional way we we now understand it but a lot of kids and a lot of people don't actually know that they sold cpus in this type of format I'd forgotten they did that, actually. Yeah, that's one of those, the Pentiums were... So quick question for you then, what what is this chip
0: over here that says Interloat?
1: Well, that's the actual, that would be technically the North Bridge. So there will be the North Bridge and then the South Bridge. Right. So the South Bridge normally handles the interfaces over here, Mm -hmm. and then the actual North Bridge handles all the memory and all that stuff. Because most of the stuff which we take for granted for now with most modern-day CPUs all of your memory controllers and IO and all those things are actually now integrated into the actual CPU, mm. whereas in the old days that was done by well, another chip. That's why you plans. had yeah. more chips. than <laughs> <laughs> then you could count and so forth. And then now, luckily now, if you, especially with the newest stuff, if you open it, it's all consolidated into one chip now. So Intel, so what year was this roughly? This that should be like ninety six, ninety seven, I think. Right, so running so, Windows Windows 95, that would have been right. Yeah, you can actually see, this actually has a very nice cutout of the back of the board where you can actually see all the traces. Most of this is now covered up and so forth with masking and shielding and so forth. That's why all the boards are more vulnerable, because you can actually feel the actual mm. gold <laughs> layering and gold circuitry that they've gone through. Because this is probably... Can I, let me see if I can count this correctly. This is probably like a one, two, three, four, probably like a four layer PCB, I think. In this, it's quite heavy actually. Yeah, no, it's, it's, especially now with the RAM, the VRM, and this is like pretty historic. This is like the type of VRM that you'll see in a power supply now, right? It actually has heatsinks <laughs> bolted to it like this. So this is...
0: And uh, what connectors does it have around the
1: sides? It's, uh, oh, um, it's USB. Serial we, ports and... We've got USB 1. We, we've got two keyboard and mouse inputs there. PS2. PS2 keys, yep. And then we've got uh, parallel and then two COM ports. COM ports, amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's that's <laughs> when they still had mices and interfaces worked with COM ports. <laughs> so that's why they had gave you two comms because some of the mices actually worked if you had your trackball mouse or advanced gaming mouse that some this of them were This was before still Bluetooth. Serial. Oh yes, mm. no, very much before Bluetooth. Mm. So this is okay, well this is this is the age when I think when this board came out, I think the max amount of RAM was like two fifty six meg. Mm-hmm. And then they go. Then you were really rocking it if so you had that much. Because this is this <laughs> is early day of PC PC RAM and so forth. So yes. Sixty-four megs. Sixty-four megs of RAM. There we go. Sixty-four megs. Now you can buy a stick like this with DDR it's 32 gigs now when DDR5 comes out we'll probably have close to 64 gigs in one of these sticks.
0: Incredible <laughs> incredible. <laughs> but this was running Windows 95 very very old. Oh yes no this is uh, Windows
1: 95, Windows NT all that type of jazz. Because yeah. again it's Pentium 2 so it is. Pentium 2 was replaced quite quickly with Pentium 3 in like, like two thousands. Right
0: let me, let me see how good my PC building skills are.
1: Oh, well, this this is also very odd, because most people will know, like, DDR, most DDR has only one cutout. This actually has two cutouts in it. So this is, tells you how old, this is like, we're getting to a point where it's like, DDR is still getting its foot into the market.
0: Amazing, amazing. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, these, these uh, plug-in CPUs didn't stay on the market for very long, did
1: they? No, now that got replaced really quickly when we start to integrate more and more of L2 cache and all that type of jazz. Why did they do this? Well, it's mainly because it was just chiplet. Yeah. The the chips were too big. that's not to fit on the board. It's like literally the chip in there is like commonly used. And again, it was quite expensive because it was like cutting edge technology back then. This isn't the chip. This is just a No, that's just just like a (laughs) marketing thing where it's like uh, just to show you, oh, okay. In the chip, the chip is much smaller than that in there, but, that's I think what what node were they on that that would be probably close to, I think they were like s- sixty four nanometer. Or higher. Yeah, yeah. That's this that's is the really old tech dash. where
0: they hadn't reached the point where the w- wavelengths
1: would would be so small that you so can't see across it.
0: anymore. So this was a, this is all colourful because this isn't the actual chip. Yes, no. but presumably that's what the chip looks like in yes, lighting Yeah, inside.
1: no. When you actually cut the chip off or slice a bit of it off, and you can actually mm. look at it underneath the microscope, yeah. and then it will look like that. I'm guessing Intel hasn't made it easy to open this thing up. Uh, it's not too difficult. It, this this fan actually clips off. Then I think you just press here. It clips oh. off. There's the heatsink. Right. Let's show and that then to the camera. And f- there's the actual heatsink. That's how small it is. The other shocking part, if I show this side, this chip needs two volts to go through it. If you do that with a current chip, it will literally die instantly. <laughs> because most chips, like 1.4 volts is like the max. Like most DDR RAM... Again more more efficient on all the things ddR five is one point one volt is the JEDEC standard yeah that's I think the ram on that is pushing also close to two volts and one point nine volts and so forth in the actual ram so this is also shocking how much voltage you need <laughs> to push through this thick ass chip that's so dense Again, sure, Nvidia didn't invent that <laughs> no no well Nvidia started to invent making proper south bridges though that's where they pioneered mm-hmm. later on. But yeah, I think it's basically these four screws come out here. Yeah, at some point, I'll when we've got another show and so forth, we'll strip this part and actually people can see how it looks inside as well because it's not. You can probably Google it and there's some YouTube videos that will have like old show stuff where they'll have these working and you can see it and so forth because mm. this still. If you look at that Duncan, that also looks a bit different from your normal power connector. Mm. That's just a normal twenty pin, mm. not a twenty-four pin. <laughs> mm. And 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 the other funny thing is that when you look at the board properly. You'll see there's no CPU power as well. There is only the twenty-four, uh, the 20-pin 20 that goes in. Normally, you'll see, if you're now building a PC, you'll see there's like a 8-pin a or 4-pin power that goes there dedicated to the CPU, and then you'll have a 24-pin here now for the motherboard. So that's even before that, even.
0: Mm, museum piece.
1: Yes, no, this is now proper museum And style.
0: it's only 25 years old.
1: Yes, but only. <laughs> only. Yeah. <But I'm> <laughs> Right, it should
0: run this operating system quite well. Uh, yes, kids. Your- if uh, if you're younger than thirty, you probably have never touched one of these. Yes, this is a uh, a floppy disk, five and a quarter inch floppy disk. In South Africa, we uh, we, we called the um, smaller version of this the three and a half inch floppy disk a stiffy disk. Yes, um, which apparently no one else in the world. No, it's yes, just no. us calls them calls them, uh, calls them stiffy disks. they're also called fl- floppy disks, even though they are stiff i kind of like
1: it well yeah it is, this is it's this floppy. is really floppy it's a yeah. floppy disk and then you will yeah. get the other add which are hot
0: so this was a high density uh uh disk format yeah. um so the standard of these um uh when certainly when i was a kid was uh, 360 kilobytes of storage on one of these um and well, then that was actually that was actually an improvement because i think the previous generation was 180 kilobytes. Yes and 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 before that, there were even bigger versions of this that were eight inches in size that stored even less less um now this was a high density disc this was this was this was cool stuff state in the of the arc, state man. of the art state of the art technology early nineteen nineties or late nineteen eighties uh and this was a high density disk uh, that was capable of storing an entire one point two megabytes amazing amazing and uh, how many disks are over there? I think it's about nine, nine. this is to install windows uh, three point one uh, i think the last two One or two discs are printer drivers. And then you were hoping that none of them were faulty. Yes, indeed. Because if one was faulty, you were screwed. Well, I installed these discs uh, many times, actually, and they they never failed on me. So good good quality product that Microsoft produced here. It might still work today. I don't know. Um, I'm sure that... Yeah, if
1: you kept it away from magnets and so forth, it should still work. I'm that's sure there's been some degradation. That's the of advantage here. of making all, old stuff. They were crudely made, but they had to make them properly because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, can, you didn't want to go and make it over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah, yeah. So if you're of a certain age, you'll remember
0: putting these in your computer, turning the little switch. switch listening to the drive Would fire up. Exactly. And you go and make a cup of coffee while it copies everything from here onto the t- puny little hard drive All that right, you had yes. your computer. Um, and installing Windows was uh, was a very slow and painful process back then. Um, but y- you've, you've got Windows 95 on, on so-called... Diffy disk, Diffies, yes. Which we'll, we'll which we'll show you in our later. next episode. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, good old days. This was uh, 1992, if I remember correctly. This OS came out. Yes, that should be this, the simple days. This was the predecessor to Windows 95. There we go. The date is on it. 1992. 1992. Copyright Microsoft Corporation. US patent number, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ancient That's history. Cool. Ancient, ancient history. Right. Let me open my ultra modern laptop and uh, let's dive into stuff that's uh, a little more recent. Yes. And I'm a bit reluctant to talk new tech news on the show because um, we we do publish about three three and a half weeks after we actually record these. Um, but there was some interesting news this morning which I actually wanted to just touch you yes. about since we've been talking about Nvidia a lot in this podcast yes. and in our in our, in our previous uh, show uh, season one. Uh, and that's at that EVGA, uh, which is a big US manufacturer of graphics cards, has announced. Yes. That they
1: are. No not, more. No, no, no more gonna, graphics
0: for you. No longer <laughs> going to make graphics cards yet. This was
1: eighty percent of their business. business yeah. No. That, this this is shocking.
0: And they they're pointing a, a big finger at Nvidia.
1: Yeah. No. That's unfortunately Nvidia has a trend. That's the problem. Nvidia Nvidia is putting them in a position where nobody likes them, mm. and that's a bad strategy in the long term. I think they might wither it if they do it like the Apple way where they can beat themselves in a position where we are, you they cannot die basically. Yeah. But that's a very risky move to, yeah. a, it's actually quite shocking that someone would go this public because the problem is NVIDIA never forgets. I know even Liner said that once of, I think he You look at Linus's videos and so forth. NVIDIA will. This is Linus Torvalds. uh, No, no, no. This is Linus from Linus Tech. uh, Oh, Linus Tech Tips. Tech Tips and so forth. Right. Oopsie. (laughs) All good. Um, Put this clunky. NVIDIA is very. (sighs) They can become. That's the problem with NVIDIA. They can be so good, but so bad at the same time with certain things. Yes. So we'll check and see how this affects the other partners as well. Because that's what I'm really. Interested to see how like, Gigabyte, MSI, and Asus would respond to this and so forth. I presume they're kind of happy because that means one less competitor for America because EVGA's market is predominantly America, mm-hmm. like huge market. I'm a big area. fan
0: of their cards. I own two of their
1: graphics yeah, cards. No, yeah, they, they made decent cards. Mm. They were a very prior company and the CEO was very decent and so forth. I think from my point of view, <laughs> the feeling I got is NVIDIA pushed because EVGA was what Sapphire is to AMD. So Sapphire to AMD is, Sapphire makes all the Fire Pro cards. So all the high-end like, Pro cards and the server cards and all those things, majority of that's made by Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Now, EVJ did that. Now, I heard rumblings that there was things happening in the back end where NVIDIA actually kind of like, yes, EVJ is still made because most of the Quadro cards and so forth were also made by EVJ. They were there equivalent to sapphire so they made all the pro cards and all the server cards and mm. all those things mm. then nvidia i think i presume either got greedy or just like saying we don't need to need to use them we'll rather do that internally to save costs or something like that so they slightly but surely kicked them off which i think that's probably where it started and that's why this is not like a new thing i think this is a evj where nvidia abused and abused and abused and then eventually on what margin not just margin, just in general, everything. Mm-hmm. Like how they dealt with them. Right. They just arrogant. didn't... Arrogant, but it's also not helping them. And it's like, here's this thing, just do it this way. Just do it our way. Right. And it's like, but this is EVJ. This guy, These guys know what they're doing. Mm. It's like, it's not the first time they're making a graphics card or something like that. Come on, guys, they made your professional cards for you mm-hmm. and mass produced it for you. So it's like, it's a lot of factors I think that played into it. But the fact that EVJ went and said... We can't it, and we're not doing GPUs at all, at all. And yeah, that's so petty. That's mm-hmm. that just that really starts to show Nvidia's actual envious side <laughs> coming through quite <laughs> aggressively now.
0: Why? Why? Um, I mean, if they if they are treating the channel, menu, their OEM partners yep, not now. very well, which this EVGA announcement would seem to suggest. Yes. Why Why does NVIDIA even work with OEM partners? Why doesn't it just make its own graphics cards and sell
1: them? Well, again? they do. That's the problem. This mm. is why most of the, the guys like edition. us, well, mm. w- we kind of predicted this from 2012. Yeah. Even we internally at our store, we looked at it and saying, the fact that they're making their own cards, this is starting to be scary. And then they kind of reassured us saying, no, they're only going to do this. And then when the 2020 series came out, then it's like, no, 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 we're going to make the same cards as you guys. Mm. And it's like, that's kind of unfair. Because how is all these other board partners supposed to compete with the actual manufacturer of mm. the chip. They don't have the same, like it's, like it's a massive advantage because yeah. NVIDIA can start with the r much earlier. They mm. make the reference spec board. So the advantage the board partners had is for a long time, NVIDIA's reference spec was trash, like and it was garbage tier quality. That's why it was not difficult to be better than NVIDIA's because NVIDIA's reference design was trash. So that's why you saw a lot of like, not a lot of Chinese companies try and step in and even they do, it was poor quality and crap because shockingly, that's where it's a weird disconnect between the two because you had AMD on the one side where their reference design is better than some of the poor partners' normal design and cheaper cards. So AMD would have a reference design and that is like, this is what we would recommend you do. You can go cheaper than that because it was already massively overbuilt from AMD side. Now, NVIDIA started doing that with the 20 series where NVIDIA's mm. reference designs were actually decent enough. That's why you saw a massive pickup of other Chinese companies coming into the market now. Because NVIDIA's mm. reference design, you can literally just copy and paste. Mm. You don't need to do anything. They do everything for you. The board designs, what components you need to use. So the R&D cost almost to those companies are zero. Mm. Because all you do is just copy and paste from what NVIDIA gives you. Mm-hmm. So then it's easy to do that. Then you can make all of these cheap cards that are fairly decent because it's NVIDIA reference design. Slap a big ass cooler on it and package it and ship it. Mm-hmm. So now, then that I think that further eroded EVJ, and again that will erode Gigabyte, Gigabyte, ASUS, and MSI. Again, they have their own advantages and so forth. But because EVJ is more proud of like Kingpin Edition and all these high tier products that they sell, that starts to like eat at you because it's like, okay, well you've now made the decent reference design. How far can we push it? And then if we do push it then the product becomes stupidly expensive. Mm-hmm. And then NVIDIA goes, yes, but you have to sell at this price. It's like, oh no, you can make a high ATA product, but then it's like, how do you compete with that when you don't, when you can't sell enough of those products? So then you start pushing out these enthusiast guys out of the market because mm-hmm. where do they go? And most of the market will buy in one area. So I think they just felt that pressure coming in, predicting where NVIDIA will eventually go. And NVIDIA, I think they'll probably do the same thing that Apple's done. I think there's a lot of things that just copying what Apple's done Mm. successfully just own the channel once you own the channel start making your own thing and then you'll probably buy companies and just start like making their own cards and so forth and try and focus that to the elite and so forth because again so you think they might go and buy an MSI or a gigabyte I I, I don't think they'll need to buy them they Mm. can literally just internally Giggle, Invista's oh, smart. Mm-hmm. Jameson is not stupid, so the dude will probably know about beforehand and say, "Sweet, how do we move from this?" Because they're already being fairly successful with the founder editions and the normal cards that they sell to Best buy. There's nothing stopping NVIDIA from pushing that even further, yeah. and saying, "Sweet guys, we'll sell, start selling that directly to Ace, uh, to basically to uh, Amazon and so forth." Mm. So I think there's there's where the problem comes in it's well, going to
0: be very interesting to watch and this is some very interesting stuff coming down the No, line. so we still we yep. still
1: haven't f- seen mm-hmm. the full effects yet and so forth. This is very fresh now. Yeah. So we'll see how everybody reacts and all that jazz mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. And there's and a big Intel. there's a
0: big keynote happening in Taiwan on Wednesday which uh which will um you know out long <laughs> after this, uh, yep. this episode is released. So we're not going to even um Speculate on what might be coming, except that it's we know it's the RTX 4000 series.
1: Yeah, well, they've already announced it. That's coming on the 20th of September. Yeah, uh, we've seen all the cards. Mm. You can Google it, and you've seen the big the cards. They're going to be huge. They're going to be power angry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been an interesting keynote. I think one of the more interesting keynotes we've seen
0: from NVIDIA. Yeah, in it's one. going to be a bit
1: more awkward now mm. after this news. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it was deliberately timed uh, two that days ahead that of That is uh,
1: possible. It might be that they're just trying to say, like, if you don't be surprised if we're not there. That's right. that type of thing. So I don't think they're going out to you specifically to say, boo, NVIDIA is right. bad or something. They're just now. That's why I think it's more. Well, just,
0: actually, they pointedly went after. and said well, again, they bad Nvidia, bad Nvidia. We're yeah. doing this because of you.
1: Yeah, that's well, that's you forcing us to do this. Mm. So that's what they're doing. So it's just being honest and saying this is how they feel like they're doing. Because yeah. again, the CEO of EVJ is very; it's a nice dude. So he's very, he's being honest because it's yeah. his company, he owns it. So he does what what he wants to do with the company, and if he feels like Nvidia's kind of sabotaging them, then yeah. he has every right to go and say. Make his objections and then if they if Nvidia Nvidia feels no they that brand that's been supporting them for Mm. what twenty odd years, screw you, that should tell other brands be careful with NVIDIA. Mm. That's Mm. the the lesson that we'll learn from this is Mm. don't (laughs) be careful with NVIDIA, basically is the lesson that everybody needs to learn from yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we could uh, talk in video all, all oh through yes, this show, but no we're, gonna, we're actually
0: going to talk about Linux uh, uh, this week, um, which is interesting since our show is sponsored by, uh, one of our sponsors of our show is Microsoft, but uh, Microsoft isn't the anti-Linux company it used to be, and uh, um, in fact, no. they have embraced Linux uh, quite openly, the acquisition of GitHub shows that, and the fact that they've integrated Linux into into Windows quite directly as well um, shows that. So. Um, I do need to mention that they are one of our sponsors, Microsoft, together with HP. Thanks, guys. We appreciate the sponsorship of the show. Now, we are going to talk about Linux, and I I think that we should probably uh, um, offer a little disclaimer up front. Um, As you can see, I'm using a might be able to see on the camera i sure yes. i'm using a mac and uh over here is using a well you actually can't see because he's running what is this an asus, asus. Book. so you may you may in fact be running uh, uh linux on there but I, I suspect you're not
1: it's windows 11 purely because <laughs> i need to help customers sure so i would gladly uh, i eventually i plan to make this like have another SSD that i can slap in you because this laptop only has one scd slot on it mm-hmm. Then I can swap out NVMEs and so forth. But especially if a pho- customer phones in saying, so, "Oh, I've got this problem," then I can go quickly. Yeah. Then I can do it step by step while I see what to do and tell the customer what to do. So uh-huh. that's the only real reason for okay for not doing it yet. So
0: the other disclaimer I think I feel I need to to offer is that um I while I have used Linux on and off for many 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 years. Um, I've only ever really toyed at the edges of it. I'm yeah. not an expert. No. I am not comfortable on the Linux command line, uh, no, although I know either. some of the basics of it. I'm, I, I'm not comfortable on the command line um, where neither of us is is a day-to-day Linux user. No, not um, a fundie. Or so <laughs> we, I think it was important that we just preface this because there exactly. are going to be Linux, hardcore Linux users watching the show please don't laugh at us too much if we yes. make mistakes we, we are. are we are
1: amateurs when it comes to linux but
0: we are going to be providing a view a, a sort of a non-linux users view, view of linux yes if you like
1: we are coming from a completely different point of view
0: exactly <laughs> but we're not going to trash linux no um, no linux I
1: has I have a lot of kudos for the linux and the different distos that people go in and the amount of support they do in the back end yeah. is just amazing
0: and i think it's fair to say as a starting point for this discussion that even though Linux has not won the desktop, it's won everything else.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, it's one of those. Uh, how can you say a side Kudita type of effect <laughs> where it <laughs> won by by actually not comp, not playing the game, but actually playing a completely different game. Yes. So and
0: data center, the the cloud runs Linux. the <laughs> the, the Your phone r- uh, oh, runs system. Linux if it's running Android. Uh, uh, you know. Um, There are your your connected toaster runs Linux. Everything everything runs Linux. Whether it's your
1: router, routers, all those things, any embedded device, most of them all run some kind of Linux and so forth. Yeah, for good reasons because there's a good support with it. Good amount of that's the advantage with open source developers that are hardcore. Mm. Especially then you get people like Linus, the other Linus, (laughs) that can go in that are geniuses. Like they are superb programmers and they will optimize the crap out of it. Even now, I tell people, most PCs, if you're doing dev work and so forth, Linux is the way to go. Mm. On dev work, Linux just beats any operating system. Mm. I think Mac comes probably close. I probably, probably would say Microsoft's in the third position. Yeah. The fact that they've now incorporated a lot of Linux subsystems into Windows 11 does give them a way out of that mm. where the people can have that dev work. But like even most of my Threadripper machines and so forth built in, you'll always see Linux has always done better mm-hmm. with multi-core allocation and scheduling versus Windows. And Microsoft's admitted this. I mean,
0: it's it knows that developers want to use Linux. Yeah. but it's and That's why there's the Windows subsystem for Linux. Yes,
1: exactly. I think it's, uh, it's succumb to that saying, okay, no, do well, a way you can say succumb, but it's also just being like, oh, yeah, this is actually quite obvious. Just do what's the right thing, mm. not try and fight it. If you try and fight it too much and so forth, then you can get to a position where Windows was in the old days where they try and fight, and it's like, what's the point? you fighting a... It's like a river that's coming towards you. and You're trying to fight the river. <laughs> you, you're gonna get flushed away because it's, you can't beat the river back. Yeah, the river is so strong and so forth, and the momentum with mm. it carried it just completely bulldozed yeah. everyone. Yeah. So Steve Ballmer stood in the in that dry
0: river watching the flood coming towards him, and he yeah. he put up a big, big middle finger and, and said, and a "Go away." Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and God. then and then
1: yeah, no, he yeah. kind of again Windows is still kudos to kudos to Windows for where it is because it is still. M- dominated in like the OEM market and so mm. forth. And it's to do, it's, especially in the older days, I think the benefit for Windows was mainly Microsoft and again, credit to like Gates and all those things, where they actually went to, to printer manufacturers. They actually sent people and software developers mm. to it's hardware product. vendors to get the stuff done. So in the older days, it was not as easy. as Now, just plug a printer in and Linux mm. would work with a printer. Hell no. In the old days, that was a massive problem. Screw up to get that done. Mm. Whereas Windows, you could plug it in. Yes, you had your issues with software now and then, but at least you could print. Mm. And you could use fax, and you could do all of these things, and it worked with multiple hardware vendors and all those things. And again, DirectX also came in to, to help as well. Yes. Because OpenGL was the dominant, and technically in certain aspects, was still better, yes, but… <laughs> Uh, DirectX did make it way easier for developers and game developers to make games and so forth. So why did Linux never really take off on the desktop? Was it because of drivers? I think it's partly to do with the whole ecosystem that Windows actually gave. Because again, the two it was should, easy to
0: use. You didn't have to fight you you to get two, a driver to work.
1: You had two fronts there. You had Apple coming in with their Apple OS and so forth. And again, even that still had a lot of issues with printers and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So that's why Windows was the, like the business. That's why I think that's where Windows actually, Bill Gates' stride, his best move there, is to get big government and big businesses all on Windows. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as all of those people use Windows and use Office, they want to buy a machine. If they go from their office and they go home, they want to use the same operating system because they've used it. So that was the actual, like... Smooth that a lot of people don't think about, mm-hmm. but actually plays a lot into it. Mm-hmm. If you can get all those corporate peoples, again, if you imagine government, how much people government employs, like the Amer- American governments or European governments and so forth. It's a couple of hundred thousand people that you employ. Mm-hmm. And if they're all using Microsoft, they're all going to want a Microsoft again because that's what they know how to and use. And IT
0: administrators and do
1: and and exactly.
0: guys making the buying decisions didn't want something that was very difficult to support. They needed something because the problem easy. is they don't
1: want to go and run and help the guy every time. How do I print? How do I copy and paste? How do I do this <laughs> stupid stuff? I tell people it always comes down to the fundamental stuff: mm. how to open a file, how to edit a file. Can you do that? Copy and paste. Mm. It's that basic stuff that Windows introduced and, and made they won accelerated the better. Whereas,
0: whereas Apple was arguably going off to the consumer market at the time, not the yes. business market.
1: And that's mm. why they struggled a bit more. Mm. As that's why it's Bill Gates is actual foresight to see, no, push. Business. And even mm. like Office. That's why Office is such a huge... Again, you can say the two Office applications that are still sought through is Outlook. Excel. Mm-hmm. And again, kudos to Microsoft. Excel, Excel. Still is still the best e- out of all the Excels, Excel. Excel right? runs the world. <laughs> yes, now that <laughs> was the backbone of many banks and many businesses. and They every, might be and, running
0: SAP or Oracle but uh, yeah. Excel is and, still...
1: And there's still <laughs> probably still people running Excel stuff in the background still today. And again, Excel is way more advanced. Than I've, I've had spoken to people that work in the bank industry and all those things and they all, all will say Microsoft Excel yeah. is Way superior than any other form of Excel. I don't know, you available. speak to
0: accountants and actuaries. Uh, the, you know, the yeah. The they they want to do something, they'll fire up an Excel spreadsheet. They won't go to SAP and yeah, try no, and do it's it. In there. But
1: you can't even do that in like <laughs> Google's equivalent or yeah. OpenOffice. Again, I'll give my kudos to OpenOffice. Um, what's the two there? It's OpenOffice and LibreOffice. Li- LibreOffice. There,
0: so there was a split, a fork of yeah, the, fork of the and so forth. Yeah.
1: those Both of those companies have become really good. I'll I'll take my hat off. Because we do get clients that come in and say, oh, no, can't you pirate Windows for me? It's like, no. It's like, dude, no. <laughs> People not do, do that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's like, no. But honestly, if you don't have the money, here's the open source version. If you're using Word and so forth, it's decent. And actually, funny enough, I would say probably probably not like 95% of them will come back and say, oh, yeah, okay, sure, thanks. That actually helped quite a lot. It's mm. actually didn't have to pay for that because I didn't have the money. And it's a lot of students, and then other yeah. people that literally don't have the money. They yeah. just like they yeah. can either use the free version of Office on the web, but yeah. some of them don't even have internet access. So the best alternative is that. And I must say, the UI looks very similar to Windows and to Office and so forth. But it does make that easier. So the fact that the open source community is also up their game, mm. I'm actually quite. I'll give the kudos to them. To the. oh,
0: I do find though, and I'm going to criticize those. Mm. Those those platforms I'm, I'm sure they're very good and I, I don't use them extensively so i can't yeah. really comment but when i do install them and fiddle around with them on linux i do find they look very
1: 1998 still yes there is some of the looks you can now change it with i think it's with uh office, mm-hmm. where you can make it more off more modern or more modern but but it's very similar It looks dated like, yeah. no 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 like they've got a new version that you can install well, it looks and like you office can now it looks the ribbon very in it, it? similar. Like I'm yeah. actually quite amazed Microsoft hasn't sued them yet. Right, That's how similar it is. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I tell people, it's like, especially from last year, they implemented this where it's an optional thing that you can enable as you install it and so forth. To see if Microsoft will sue us, let's make and it no, option. And again, please, Microsoft don't sue them. They, 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 there's a reason why they exist. And again, your Word isn't really that important. And again, Google's pretty much dominated that. So if you need Word... Just use Google and there you Google go. Google Docs so is free too, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think Excel Excel, and Outlook is the two still steadfasts for Microsoft's Office suite.
0: And, so, and something that wa- bears mentioning here uh, is that, um, you know, as we move towards software as a service and cloud-based yeah. apps, you can run Microsoft Office on Linux quite easily in a web browser. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if Excel on the web is as powerful as it is on the desktop. I suspect not, but... You can access word you can access outlook you can access all yep. these apps as web apps now yeah so uh, all you need is web browser and linux comes with a web browser so yes no you problem.
1: can use it there so th- that's where the key where microsoft is going is microsoft is going fully subscription model mm. you can see that with xbox very subscription based we'll probably we already see that with office 365 which is subscription based as mm-hmm. well and then you get all your online features and then you get the storage for free and then i think they're going to de- do that big push with Microsoft 365 with businesses as well. Mm. I think that is, we've already seen Amazon and, uh, well, their they data center not being happy with what Microsoft is doing and other companies also not being happy because they're basically circumventing all of these people that would normally go to a server company and say, or to a hosting company, say, host our server and then we'll have so many mm. clients and then it's all mm. virtual machines and so forth. Microsoft is now coming in demolishing all of that and saying we'll provide it internally and then you pay one service and you get office and the windows for free so it's i'm actually quite impressed how microsoft has done this yeah but it's,
0: it's become so much easier for linux users to access these, these services not just microsoft google as well i suspect yeah. a lot of linux users use the gmail or the, the google work what's it called google workplace or yeah. workspace suite of applications which are all web-based anyway. It's always yeah. been Google's approach. Um,
1: well, I, I, well, Google's done that purely because they don't want to pay the Google or Microsoft tax on Office Suite. Why is that? Just well, imagine imagine you Google. How many people do you employ Google? You As employ Google a itself? Of, yeah, Google itself. Probably 100,000
0: people. Award. Exactly. Mm.
1: So now, if you can say, no, we don't want to pay the Microsoft fee the whole time for Word and Excel and PowerPoint and all that jazz, we'll make our own office. Way cheaper. Mm-hmm. So that's, Google comes in with the alternative, <laughs> alternative motive <laughs> in terms of saving the internal costs for the business. They're just funding it outside for anyone else to use. And, because and in effect, it's become the biggest competitor to Microsoft Exactly, Microsoft because now. it's yeah. out of necessity for themselves to, sa- <laughs> to save themselves money. Yeah. They've, that's the only reason why they did this, is to save themselves money. They didn't do that out of the good of the heart or trying to compete with well, Microsoft. Well, it's a business now, proper business now. It's a business now, now mm. but I don't really like it came from... We don't want to spend... Because I can imagine how many governments... They spend in the hundreds of millions of dollars a year Mm. for all the licensing for office and all that jazz. So if Google can save all that money, you can insert company here, Amazon, all of those companies. That's why you saw more and more companies move to the Google way because it was substantially cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where I think... I think because Google got also easier with using mail in that. So... Oh, I see now what you're saying there. Um, okay, so we'll get to that. So,
0: Microsoft, Google, <laughs> I'm, sure, that, I'm literally adding
1: that as a talking point. Yes, do, talking point. Yeah, no, not no. To that's I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, I'm just like, yeah, no, no, that's a good point. So Google, Google's biggest problem still as well is there as well. Gmail, I still get certain customers that don't really like Gmail's interface. Mm-hmm. And it's because most of those people are very, again, Outlook. You get all these people that get used to business and mm. Outlook, and they all use Outlook, mm. and that's what they prefer to use. Now, Google still has a problem with mail. And I think internally they've got probably better things that they use and so forth for mail sorting and so forth. Google Mail has improved the UI and so forth. But I would say I'm, I'm busy playing with Thunderbird. Thunderbird is getting decent now with their... That's a very old client. That's a Mozilla-developed. Yeah, but they've but updated the new one. The new one is, is so you good? can have black theme and all that type jazz in it. It's actually getting pretty it decent. It's still not as good as Outlook. Yeah. So I would say, as I said, the two major ones are Outlook and Excel that need to be beat still. Yeah. Yeah, they still mail
0: clients on Linux. I find have always been a bit poor. Um, there's, there yep. was evolution, which was used to be quite good back
1: in the day. I don't know if it's progressed a lot. Dave, I know there's. I think I've watched a couple of YouTube guys, and I know there's been significant improvements in those areas. Uh, as I said, I've we've played and we've installed a couple of people with Thunderbird now, um, since last year and this year. And I could really see we've got a lot of people saying coming back. It's like actually staying on Thunderbird, mm-hmm. and like no, I, I like this. This is. Really For decent. an IMAP
0: client it's, it was always quite good pop3 or yes. imap but um the, the, has there ever really i don't think there's ever really been a good uh, uh, mail client on linux that's connected to uh, exchange server um,
1: which is uh, which is the do, dominant dominant mail ones server i in think business. there is a couple that came up and so forth i think the main problem with them is just the ui mm. so you can get versions that work and so forth the problem was, was also the ui just it they, they it's a bit more clunky and the advantages with Microsoft is they learned that very earlier. So, again, it's an advantage for a Microsoft there because they spent a lot of money in there. Again, the open source guys don't really have that money. I hope they get more money and get funding, mm-hmm. especially like Thunderbird and so forth, so that we can start seeing a good competitor. I wish like Amazon and Mike, I Google would actually step up the game there. They are both, especially Google, they are a software company. They, they should... Really they're a web innovate. company, though.
0: They never develop apps, native apps for operating systems. Oh, that's
1: that. like they've done oh, Word, they've done Excel. They they can do that. If I think Google has enough money and people that smart enough if they can get a group of like 25 guys and say, sweet, for yeah. two years, reshits the crap out of this. They've got good designers there at Google. It's not as if they don't have good designers, because that's what you need to look how how at. Why people would they use do it,
0: it, though? I mean, they're a web company. They, their interest is getting you onto, onto yeah, a web the platform. Yeah, but the promise is it's
1: to use your product better. Mm. It's to use Gmail because that's a. I get a lot of customer complaints where they don't like Gmail. They hate Gmail. And they'll pay Microsoft money to use Outlook to not use Gmail. They'll use the mail address, but the backbone, but they won't use the client. So if Google can go and say later on, okay, pay us $10 a year, they'll get people that take that then if it's equivalent to Outlook. Because Outlook, the only way you get Outlook is you either pay for it separately, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, 2,000 or something rands. If you want to buy it, outright, but then you only get support for, 10 years or something something like that. Or you buy Office 365 and then you get everything. So I would say, like, Google, like, make a competitor. Again, you, you could say, oh, they want to spend the money on something. Mm-hmm. Again, that's that's their progressive. But if I was there in a position saying, that's what I would experiment in mm-hmm. and say, look at this and see, do something interesting at least. You so, Google. So, you so, could so do it.
0: Talking about big companies with lots of money, um, something that's that's f- fascinated me is, is why... Companies like HP, our sponsor, <laughs> mm. Dell, um, you know any any major any OEM, Lenovo, yeah. any OEM, why have they not spent R and D money developing an open source or a version of Linux, so Dell Linux for example, or HP Linux, uh, and and shipping that product? They they haven't they haven't put that money that effort in. Some of the OEMs have shipped with Linux. So Dell, uh, when yeah, you Dell. buy when you buy a, a PC, you can ship it with Ubuntu. Um but they haven't they haven't really put the energy into that. Is that because consumers don't want it, or
1: I think it's from Dell, the OEM partners. The problem with them is they're good with the hardware, terrible with the software. Mm. And it's you can only look at Pentek. These are not and software s- companies. Yeah, yeah, that's their main problem. So if Microsoft can come here and say, "Here's a solution, and we'll do the work for you. You don't have to spend money on it or R and D. We'll go to Intel. We'll go to AMD. We'll do the optimization." We'll go speak to the motherboard vendors that make the motherboards, mm. get the chipsets right. We'll go talk to the USB foundation and get the USB drivers done and all installation. That's one area where we need to take our hats off to Microsoft. It's because they spend a stupendous amount of money to get drivers to work. Mm. And that's unfortunately where people you can blame Microsoft as much as you can, but at some point we need to criticize the companies that make the hardware as well. Because Microsoft makes the OS, not the hardware. So, a lot of printers… Well, except for the Surface line, of course. Well, they make their own, but it's more (laughs) niche niche type of items. Because the problem is like printers and even mice and so forth. It would be unfair for… Because a lot of people blame Microsoft when the printer doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Which is like, well, Microsoft didn't make the printing. Someone else did. Mm -hmm. And it's their job to make sure it actually works. Mm. Now, I've had this with especially old printer drivers. It's better to use, literally, Microsoft has spent stupid amount of money to make printer drivers actually work, mm-hmm. which they had to pay out of their own pocket. They don't make, they do not sell printers, so that's a complete net loss for them. They just purely did it because they had so many people phone them for problems that's not their problem to solve, actually. And then they solve other people's problem out of their own pocket. Which is weird for a company to do. <laughs> most companies but it don't is in, do that. It is in their interest to do it to have their operating system work across. Work, it. but the problem is that like most other companies would say, like Apple. If the dongle doesn't plug in working, it's the dongle's company's problem. It's mm. not Apple's problem. Mm. You see how Apple handles that and how Microsoft handles it. Microsoft goes, "Oh, okay, sweet. Let's ha- let's see how we can work it." Apple just goes and says, "No, it's the customer's problem. It's their problem. Mm. It's not our problem." Mm. You see how different company mentalities work there, and that's I think that also helped with. That's why I think Apple never could get a proper OEM working yep. because I know initially probably in the days of early days, I think they would have wanted to sell <laughs> okay. Apple as an OS and mm. then OEM vendors can install it. But I think that head clash already happened that early on mm. where Jobs wanted to do it in a certain way and that's a way in Microsoft. And he looked at it like, let's Bill Gates then start to be a bit more nicer. Mm. And he looked at it like, sweet, let's do this, spend money in the right areas. Mm. And... Well, that's all I can say in that regard because even with when I mean, you look at graphics cards and so forth, it was way easier to use a Windows PC with graphics card drivers and all that jazz. The other stuff sucked.
0: In hindsight, Bill Gates was right. I mean, he got 90% of the market.
1: Yeah, had, and that's purely by owning businesses and yeah. he played that genius move. Mm. It's like, And that's one thing that where most people actually don't think about it. It's like, no, it's businesses. That's what yeah. you want and that's their main focus still. Yeah.
0: Right? So, so, so coming back to the OEMs, the reason we think that they don't offer their yeah. own, no, haven't developed their own Linux. This is because it's not their competency.
1: Yeah, it's not their skill set and they don't benefit as much from it's it. It's very difficult I to do. I think that is about to change. We see that now with Valve coming in with their own Steam Deck. We see it with some of the Chinese companies as well with their own gaming console, portable consoles in units. Okay, so for so niche, niche specific things. pre-built spe- machines that mm. only do one function. Mm. There we go. So this is like your Nintendo Switch and all that type of stuff. But I see th- foresee more of that happening Mm -hmm. in the years coming because linux because linux is becoming so big and more more people is are getting into it and there's more developers for it and so forth i think you'll see certain oem vendors start to play with it more in the back end now but Mm -hmm. maybe in a couple of years we'll see it that's why it's also a big hurry up moment for microsoft That's why we see Microsoft moving to this now new stage of having more Windows every three years and so forth to try and circumvent that type of thing. The key thing is for Windows, they'll have to start making different models, making a low powered edition and then a high powered version. So, and then having some, like Mac is now advanced, Mac is now the geniuses with that, having OS on their phone and the OS on their laptop. And that is technically two different OSes, but they are very similar. similar. So Microsoft desperately needs to learn from that and actually copy that. And then you're going to get your companies, again, Valve has their own alternative motives not to use Windows and so forth because the storefront and all this thing. Microsoft has their own alternative motives. They want people to use the storefront so they can make money from that storefront. Mm-hmm. Again, Microsoft has now changed how they do the storefront and margins and so forth that they take, take from there. And Microsoft,
0: it should be said, is embracing Android to some
1: extent in that you can now run
0: some Android apps on Windows.
1: Yeah, so I think there's going to become, you'll see more and more chip manufacturers as well having easier, like Intel and AMD will eventually have accelerators for those apps Mm. because the problem is going from ARM to x86 is a bit of a, you'll have, again, kudos to Apple, Rosetta, Mm -hmm. amazing piece of software. Amazing. Even though though it's a bit broken sometimes depending on the app, but Holy crap! That's quite impressive that they well, engineered run, that.
0: To, it was able to run the Creative
1: Cloud suite. Yes. Uh, designed for Intel. Yeah. Well, designed for x86, and, yeah. and without crashing instantly, <laughs> because <It would laughs> Adobe lot. has its own problems. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Good where problem. I think we will see it flow through, and that's that's why mm. I'm like I would s- want to see Microsoft push. That's why it's kind of sad for Microsoft when they lost the phone thing because their Windows phone was. Actually, not bad. I actually quite liked it. Yes, a lot of people say that mm. to me as well, and it's like it was just poorly timed. It's mm. one of those. It was three to it years too late. Yes, and it's like Android had already won. <laughs> yes, that, that's a problem. So it's like you could have done this if you did it better, if you did it, because they did do it earlier, and then they got screwed because no one bought it. Yeah, and then oh. they, then they when they do do it, they're too late, <laughs> and yeah. it's like oh yeah,
0: okay, that uh, sucks. And then, and then and then Nokia, of course, threatened to go Android, and Microsoft bought Nokia.
1: Yes, so well. One of the worst acquisitions. Microsoft of all time. does have a Microsoft money, so <laughs> yes. you can always just buy yourself out of a problem if you think that will solve it. it and that it did not solve, solve anything. <laughs> that just that was a worst money acquisition. Tank. One of the worst acquisitions yep. in history. No, it was. It depends. If they had proper management, I think it would have turned around. But the problem is management wasn't there. I think it was this, too late. That's that's. I would have preferred them to have someone with Nokia because it would have given more experience with phones and phone making and so forth but again you can i think at that point it was a bit too late because microsoft could just internally hire people and do that themselves and mm-hmm. so forth but nokia does have who was that
0: microsoft guy they sent over to nokia to run the business for them i've forgotten his name now uh good google. question he was in the news that a lot at the time in fact i had an interview with him when he was running nokia nokia the name has slipped my mind oh. i'll google it just yeah, now. Google. But, uh, uh, he, he was famous for saying, for, for a speech where he said, um, uh, We are on a burning platform uh, and we need to get off this platform and find a new platform. Um, so he said, Nokia is jumping into the cold sea. We need to find a new platform because this one is burning to the ground. Yeah. What happened was they jumped in the sea and they drowned. Yeah. That's, well, <laughs> was it? game over. It's, I'm going to find this guy's name. It's,
1: now. it's one of those like, <laughs> typical, risky, old school. Bill Gates, one in a shot, million, see if it works, see if it don't, and it, 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 it sank. So Stephen Elop. Stephen Elop. Yeah. Okay, well, again, a valiant attempt. Yeah. But unfortunately, we most people, if you did proper research, you would have seen the writing on the wall saying, yeah. ah, Microsoft, if you went into it full board, like proper, mm. like as you would have went for Xbox, if they took what they did with Xbox and did that with phones, mm. it would have been successful. Yeah. But they half asked it a bit.
0: What happened at the time, I think, was Bulma was was this was the rise of mobile. The iPhone yes. had come out, Android was taking off, and Microsoft was getting left behind in mobile. Yeah. And it was panic stations. They yeah. had to do something. Yes. Um. So, well, what's out there? Nokia. They're running our operating system. We need
1: to buy them. Yes. No. And it was a it was the absolutely of, the wrong thing. Out of me. desperation, you can say in one sense. The other sense, I think, internally they had probably a lot of arguments saying. Why buy mobile when we focused on PC? Mm. It's like it's one of those problems where it's like you're breaking I think yourself into many.
0: They thought that mobile was going to kill PC at that stage. It was so I, I, it was so predominant. Yeah, Everyone was talking I about it. I think
1: the media overhyped it. So I think there's people internally in Microsoft that smart enough that said this is not a threat. It's in terms of what what they failed to see was this marketplace. Mm-hmm. I think that was the problem with app, with Microsoft. Is they saw the hard way. Mm. They didn't look at what Apple looked at and said... App Store. Mm. App Store, that's the money maker. Yeah, it's not the phone. Job saw that it's right not, right away. <laughs> that's the App Store. It's yeah. that's, like, that's how can we control where people buy stuff? Mm. Because if we can take that and exploit that, because the problem is Microsoft is coming from point of view of not the store, mm. so that's mm. not even on their mind because mm. they just go OEM software operating system the customer buys the thing and then they install the software and we need to allow all vendors to install on our machine mm. no matter what where's apple win no 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 we're going to force them to go through our channel mm. and we're going to force the customer to buy from us mm. <laughs> and that's how we can control death grip in that market mm. so again Brilliant. smart Brilliant phone, move from that from yeah. that side and yeah. then you can say from uh, from Microsoft side they would of course make that mistake because they don't have that mentality yeah. to go they're oh, coming from the exploit. PC world yeah. exactly yeah, so that's, yeah. What people, that's why you sometimes need to buy other companies that come with different mentalities mm. and give them act voices to speak in the company I think that's what Balmer failed to do yeah, yeah. Balmer bought them and failed to incorporate and actually listen mm. so he was a bit too arrogant because he's I, I wouldn't. Be, I I would say there was probably a division in Microsoft that said I ah, know the mobile thing's not really going to kick off or anything like that. Yes, it's going to be big, but it's not going to be profit. What's the profit margin on phones and all that jazz? Mm. It's like terrible. And then you have to go make an OS for it, and do what? You, the guy's are still going to use Office on their laptop, <laughs> which most people still do. Office on their laptop. That's the problem. That's where Microsoft is focusing from. Is where do people use our software? Mm. Mm. And that's I think that's what also helped the demise for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Yes, they could never get the bigger picture and say, the store. And That's the caveat.
0: In the end, I'm sure Microsoft would have loved to control mobile,
1: but at the end of the day, it didn't actually matter. Yeah, no, no. If they, if they learned from the store earlier on mm. and actually pushed the store on desktop as well, imagine how much money Microsoft would have made five, already. It'd be a $5 trillion. Oh, no, that would have killed Apple and everyone. That's mm. like mm. even Google would look at them at that amazement <laughs> if Microsoft did that, Yeah. where they can own the... Imagine the marketplace if Microsoft did that mm. in the 90s or the early 2000s, where you had to buy everything through Microsoft. Mm. But the, only, the only thing that you can argue is, in the old days, the old guys would not they would not allow that they would have beaten microsoft to a pulp and they would that have been there would have been an antitrust and case that apple could get away with it and not microsoft
0: that tells you something because they were so small at the time well, apple's a big company now but back then they were not Well,
1: they were also pretty big then the problem Ooh, is it's
0: like compared to microsoft yeah, But the problem tiny. is even if you're small yeah. you
1: can argue it's like if the, the people that bought their hardware kind of just went oh okay i'll just allow it but mm. if microsoft there is double standards. certain yeah. companies i tell people unfortunately certain companies can get away with other things that other companies can't.
0: Microsoft would never have been able to build a, co- a, a, a closed garden app store. No, no. That,
1: that's... that's it would that. have been
0: nailed by the US Justice Department and the
1: EU and everyone yeah, else. And then Apple can get away with it. So it's Top mm. people certain kind... Even if the two com- companies do this exactly the same thing, yep. one company will be praised for it and the other company will be demised for yeah, it. Yeah. So that's why I people it's like, unfortunately, that, that bias is always going to happen yeah. with certain companies yeah. and yeah. you will just have to accept it.
0: So let's, let's come back to Linux. So... Microsoft hated Linux. In fact, it, it, it even more intensely hated the GPL, which was the, uh, the license that um, Richard Stallman came up with yes. to govern open source software, including yeah. large parts of Linux, um, with Borma describing it as a cancer that attaches itself to, I can't remember his exact words, but it's yeah. not flattering. <laughs> well, um, Now, just 15 years later or so, Microsoft
1: loves Linux. Well, well they profess it's, it's, to, it's, anyway. more, it's more of acceptance. Mm. It's it's smart for if you've got people in high positions that accept certain things to be true now. Mm. It, they, you can only fight the truth so long before it becomes the actual accepted saying, okay, guys, <laughs> this is now how it actually works. So I think in the earlier days for, my, for Windows, as Windows was still in a f- fear mode of if the OEM vendors completely switched to Mac, we screwed mm. because they would have been screwed. Mm. If Dell, HP, Lenovo, and all these guys dropped to Linux, them. you mean? Yeah, if yeah. they dropped to the Linux, mm. then it means because again, all the government orders for government or business orders and so forth are for Dell and HP. Yeah. So if they lose that business, so I think that was that like overzealousness with this. Like, oh, this no, is threatening here. our core business. Windows is our core business. Protect it's Windows at and all costs. That's why yeah. kind of hype that up so that business people also say oh no linux is bad and evil Mm. you see that Mm. how you swift the actual perception certainty and doubt exactly Mm. into that market from well-established person saying oh Mm. this thing is bad and evil and you shouldn't use it because no no it doesn't matter why you don't like it i'm just saying it's bad so if steve Bobber says it's bad and all the others here also go oh okay we should be careful (laughs) you see so it's just more enticing fear into it yeah but I That was the strategy, absolutely I do understand where he can sometimes where he, from some of his viewpoints mm-hmm. are valid. Some of them are completely bull crap, mm-hmm. but some of them are valid because the problem is having something open source means you can have bad actors doing stuff. That is always a possibility.
0: Although an open source advocate will immediately argue that <laughs> you can inspect the code yes, and you can exactly. see if there's a pop- But now mm. that's
1: now we one one the promise if you as big as that. So we can look at certain issues where Linux had some big issues with exploitation with viruses, mm-hmm. where they got completely saturated with. Where, like, if you had a Linux machine the thing infected your machine, you're dead. So that was his fear against it. Doesn't mean it justified, or nor do I justify what happened, Palmer said. And happened so, so happened forth. To Windows. But, <laughs> but that's that's <laughs> like we need to look at like look at his concerns and their viewpoint. That's a point, but it means it can be negated. Same as Windows. You can say Windows is also bad because it does all this proprietary no, stuff. No, he was but doing this
0: to protect Windows.
1: That's what this is was Exactly. Yeah. But he's, some of his point points do have merit. But, but
0: now that they've moved to cloud, cloud has become their big business. Yes. They don't have to protect the operating system anymore. The operating system doesn't matter as much to Microsoft as it once did.
1: It's. I think it still
0: does now. It's still, why it still now matters, but not as much as it did.
1: Well, I would say it matters more to them now.
0: Windows matters more to them now.
1: No, yes. Okay. That's why they went to the three-year cadence. They kind of gave up on Windows a bit because... They did. That's why you could see Windows 10. Windows 10 know, was getting sad. Windows 7 was there. And they, and once they got Windows 7, they've got Windows 7. Then they tried Windows 8, and that failed. That and was a disaster. It, uh, 8.1 was decent. It was more touch. Again, before its time, it was meant for somehow making an OS that's between touch and... They were and trying touch to, comp- were trying to so copy forth. Apple. Yeah. It's not copy Apple, but it's trying to... How do you make because most of the engineering samples that even Intel had were all flipbooks like this. We could flip the screen and make a touch and so forth. This was the time of the iPad. They were trying to respond to the iPad. It's not, again, I tell people, Apple Apple has a tendency where people reward them for things that they didn't innovate. That was before that. So I think Windows tried to say, we need to start using more touch devices because Mm. the younger generation is starting to use touch devices. exactly. I already see this already where people... Literally, would buy. They would prefer a touch lap screen laptop than a non-touch one because they're more comfortable using touch interesting than a keyboard or mouse. That age is coming, And especially with the newer kids. Like literally, if you give them, they struggle to sometimes use keyboards and stuff. They can use a phone very easily. So literally, I have to tell people it's like, here's my laptop, and I flip it, and they go oh, touch, and they're way more productive. All of a sudden, wow! So exactly. I tell people have the exact opposite. So now the problem that <laughs> Apple with uh, well Microsoft had with eight point one was, again, education. Because I think it was a lot of the old people mm. kind of literally hated Windows 8 purely because they tried something new. Yeah. Which, that was a terrible thing. Because Windows learned a bad thing there. Don't experiment. Mm. And It was too radical. And again, customers are to blame for that. It was far you, too radical. You, the problem is, they should have been measured saying, Sweet, the problem is, there was so much outrage, unnecessary outrage in my opinion, Where people just hate it. And I literally just... I've had people when I stole machines, 8.1 and so forth. And people complain, I can't use the operating system. Okay, what do you need to do? (laughs) Okay, I want to open control panel. People panic. Then they're like, okay, press the Windows key, type in control panel. Oh, there it is. Yes, it's still there. They didn't remove it. Have you actually tried to learn how to use the operating system? Maybe it's more effective using it like this. Oh, yeah, it's actually better. And then people realize, oh, I'm just fighting because... It's not the way I'm used to, and I'm unwilling to learn something new. People don't like change. I mean, all there's a lot of hate towards no, but Windows people 11. People like change because if Apple does it, it's fine. If Apple changes your phone and so forth, you are everybody goes woo, creative, <laughs> woo, how creative it is. <laughs> but if someone else does it, oh no, you're changing it, don't am stamping the feet. But you have to look at the
0: Windows install base too. I mean, these you know your average Windows user. Yes. So looks for a start but button, clicks it. Uh, that's
1: what I tell people. That was Windows' failure there was education. Mm. They did something and not actually thinking through, hey, we need to actually prepare people for this shift. Because we do we have a we have all segments that we cover. Yeah. So we need to introduce it quite slowly into the market. Not this like we're going to do new OS. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That attitude is a very bad attitude mm. for Microsoft. Mm. That, that. So I think hopefully they learned those lessons and so forth. I think that's what they've learned now with Windows 11. That's why Windows 11 is very similar to Windows 10. Well, actually, the start menu is radically different well, in Windows that's 11. That's just it, but there's a lot of similarities. They haven't com- completely yes. changed. Them. Yeah,
0: you'll be comfortable if you're exactly. coming Exactly, so 10. if
1: you come from Windows 10, you can still use Windows 11 mm. without real major problems. Yeah. So I tell people, I think they've learned now to say move it, move the goalposts a bit slowly and so forth. We can't, Apple can get away with this. We can't get away mm. with this. Drastic changes if we want to do yeah. drastic changes. Yeah. So it's interesting times for Microsoft because now that they have the three-year cadence, I think that hopefully they will yeah. speed up innovations and more different, right. <coughs> going to Linux way, making more distros. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to steer this conversation back to Linux because
1: we're yes. talking too no, much well about That's, that's, Microsoft. Now, that's, now, that's <laughs> an advantage now with Linux. is mm. Linux has so many different iterations of distos that you can download and use you can have ones for the creator guys you've got one for programmers you've got ones for gamers for like pop os and so forth that you can use that's more more windowsy like and so forth in certain aspects and so forth so i think that's where where windows can learn from from linux It's actually give different make it so that the operating system is more adjustable Mm. so that you can we can already see that with having them now having with windows 11 you can go through and you can have different desktops and all that jazz, but having a different mode where you can actually just change, like in, if you're gaming and so forth, you want this version of Windows that's gaming orientated and focused on the in workstation version. Mm. So that's I do appreciate more that customization, from, is what you're saying. Exactly, mm. bring it out and so forth. Because Linux, again, that's the amazing part of Linux. If you don't like this disto, just mm. uninstall, and install new disto and there you go. Put on your stick, you can trial it, run it from the stick, trial mm. it a bit, see how it goes. If you like it, install it in your OS, and then you use it. Yeah. So, Linux so which, which, is more which, free. Which, which, which distros have you used? I've played with Mint and with Pop. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Mint, we've done a couple of customers and so forth, especially with the old laptops, because Mint does have oh, so a lot you, of... Do
0: you get customers actually ordering uh, Linux yes. on new laptops and, and computers? Yeah, okay. we do
1: get... Cu- uh, Jeremy does normally oh the installations. What do, they, what do they normally want? Ubuntu or... Some of the guys do Ubuntu. M- not as much anymore. Ubuntu, no? kind of... I don't know what's happening there. People will have to inform me a bit more. on The Linux... Like, all thing there's a lot of hate against Ubuntu for some reason. Now. There? Mm. I've no idea why. I, again, there's probably valid reasons why. I presume it's the, UI's the, not the UI, not that nice, and so all speaks. that jazz. Yeah. It's that type of stuff. Purple colors and stuff. So <laughs> we've had people ask for Pop! OS. We've installed Mint in a lot of old laptops. We're talking circa 2014 laptops right. and 20, 2009 laptops that people installed which Mint. is what Linux is great for, actually. Exactly. Because you can get these
0: really lightweight Linux, which yep. Linuxes which run on Really old hardware. Hardware.
1: No, so we do that for a couple of customers, and we've got get a couple of dev customers that say, you "No, know, we want this specific distro, or we want Fedora installed on it." And so, forth. Jeremy says, "Sweet, that's fine," what version of Fedora do you want? Because there's mm. even iterations in that. Yeah. Customer gives all their details, and he'll install it. And I must say, the brands that we, there's still now and then issues with like MSI with certain Linux distros, especially the older motherboards. I would say the new ones we have had almost no issues mm-hmm. with that. But I know we've had AzRock, we've had issues with Linux at some point with their boards. So that still happens now and then with motherboard renders with certain Linux distros, just it just doesn't work for mm. some reason. You try and install it, it just doesn't work. Mm. So unless it's something that we don't know how to do or something like that. I know AMD and Intel have been amazingly good at supporting Linux. Like they support Linux better than Windows. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of sad. but because good <laughs> engineers run Linux all day. Probably. It's, again, open source. So the open source guys are like, it's easy to tweak and optimize and go to GitHub, which is ironically owned by Microsoft. Then you can optimize and tweak the code in there and all that jazz. So I presume that does not garan- I can
0: guarantee you a large percentage of the engineers working at AMD and Intel run Linux. As primary oh, yes. No, stuff, no, no, no. <laughs> a
1: good portion of them. A good portion of them. Yeah. So I think I, the, from, from what I can say, is we do see customers more and more coming into it. Um, I would say that AMD so far has given us the least amount of friction with installing, especially with the new ones. So since here from Zen 1, Zen 2, installing Linux on any AMD laptop mm-hmm. is probably the easiest thing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's it just it just works. Mm-hmm. Whereas traditionally we've had issues with certain brand laptops where you try and install Linux on it and it's just those sound doesn't work or the USBs don't want to work for some reason because the, that driver that the USB needs just doesn't work, mm-hmm. or the webcam doesn't work. Stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. So the chip supports it, but then the stuff that goes around it doesn't work. Or like the backlit keyboard won't work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's frustrating. Now you can't use the hotkeys. Mm -hmm. They don't work. So it's stupid stuff that you don't necessarily think about, but then you can't really use it. And then I know certain laptops had issues with touchscreens as well. I think Linux needs to improve the touchscreen implementation. This is where I've
0: always found Linux to be a bit finicky, and and is the reason I've never really used it as my primary OS. It's, you know, a driver doesn't work, or yeah. some c- component this of this laptop doesn't work
1: 100%. Yeah, I think the, the fact that we're now getting more, comp- the hardware is getting more complex but simplified. Mm. Because, like, especially with AMD laptops, the reason why it's so easy is because, Literally, the only thing the now, especially with the upcoming AMD chips, especially now with 5000 series, even more of that is literally, like, even the USB controller is built into the chip. So, if AMD makes all the drivers available into Linux, everything will work. Literally, the only thing that you'll have to then go make sure works is the hotkeys. Mm-hmm. That's it. In terms of screen and all those things, that's all run through AMD now. For Intel as well, Intel is also, most of that's all on the on South Bridge. So, I presume... By doing that, by Intel AMD doing that, it also makes Linux's job easier <laughs> because then they don't have to go and support all of these weird niche USB devices and weird nuances or network controllers and all that jazz. So I think that Linux will actually have an easier time in the future actually supporting laptops mm. than where it was previously, especially all this it was terrible. Yeah. Because you had like 20 different companies' software packages that you had to install just yeah. to get the thing working. Now, literally, if you... With the AMD machine, you install it, install the AMD chipset driver, and you're basically 99% there. That's how how easy it's mm. become now mm. for laptops.
0: But if you really understand Linux and are very comfortable around the command line and, and know what you're doing, which I, I'm not. Yes. Um, I, and I, But I have friends who who are absolutely, and they've mm. been running Linux for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and to look at their desktops and see what they've done is absolutely amazing. I, I look yeah. at this and I say, wow, that's so cool. I can't do that in Windows. I can't do that in Mac. How did you do that? That's yes, yeah, no. Amazing. The so the customizability, if you understand how to use the OS, which most people don't,
1: yeah is amazing. Yeah, no, so for devs, that's what we will talk, the underneath bits are amazing. Only yeah. problem with it is it can also catastrophically fail. Yes. That's why you have to be a dev to fix your own screw-ups that you make or something yeah. like that. So that's but the problem. But if you're problem. comfortable in that environment... No, it's, again, from mm. complexity comes simplicity. If you yeah. know all the complexity, it becomes very simple for mm. you. So, the only thing that I can really attest to is we have actually a blind customer and he sets up his Linux PC to be fully accessible for him. And he... Um, even we were amazed how he uses his PC. A blind guy. Everything through voice. But he he uses his PC faster than most of my abled users. And that's amazing. I'm and he's completely sh- blind? He's completely blind. Wow. He's completely blind so Does his and PC talk to him? How does it work? Yes. He mm-hmm. Like literally, he has text, text to speak. But yeah. he's like, everything's in the head. Yeah. So he just shouts and the PC just goes and he does this. Okay. And he, he works in terminal. <laughs> amazing. He literally has blind person and he talks in terminal amazing. and opens this document and reads the document from in terminal. He does everything in terminal. We should get him on the show at some point. So it's like, holy <laughs> smokes, my dude, that is impressive as hell.
0: Yeah, no, we must get him, on, get him on the show in, in a future episode. So like, no, that's
1: why I talk <laughs> to I'm, I'm quite happy with, Microsoft is also pushing accessibility quite aggressively. I'll, especially with in Office. You can actually see this in a greater thing for Microsoft, accessibility. This is one of the big problems I think Linux Linux, uh, Linux will have is the advantage with Microsoft having that big money, they can spend big money in accessibility mm-hmm. for people. You can see that with Xbox as well, with using pedals and all that jazz and then having controllers and then text-to-speech Office. You'll see, funny, how many accessibility features in built into Windows now. Mm-hmm. Brightness control, contrast control, all that type of stuff, and... I, again i'm i'll, I'll speaking up here in ignorance i do not know if a Linux will have those features and so forth so high, high contrast making it easier because i do have people with i've got i think it's two customers that have a m d the actual medical disorder where their eyes are deteriorating and so you have to literally her screen is four hundred times zoom mm. and bright like an massive bright yeah. and then we did the contrasting and when we did the contrasting for her she said I can actually now use my PC easily mm-hmm. Amazing. And so so I you, Microsoft has I would, I would hope there's some funding to, or a company that can go I would hope Valve or something like that because Valve would have need for that accessibility features in their devices if they want to push that which will then the whole Linux community will then benefit from someone pushing those accessibility features in Linux as well before we wrap, um, I want to chat
0: a bit about gaming on Linux. Um, I'm, and again, I'm not the expert on this. I yeah. haven't even tried to run a game on Linux, but I believe it has gotten a lot better. In Considerably
1: years. better. It's actually amazing. The amount of work Valve has done in this, mm-hmm. I know there's been some massive updates that Valve has done and other actual open source developers improving, funny enough, AMD's own code using on and uh, on Linux and so forth. So I think there's, it is actually funny how this worked out for AMD. The fact that they worked with Steam to make that Steam thing in there, I think Intel is very envious. Because this is giving AMD a massive leg up in Linux with gaming. Because there's now a lot of programs that literally only work if you're uh, funny enough, if you have a AMD graphics card and AMD CPU somehow it works better than if you had an Intel and NVIDIA NVIDIA is a bit rough <laughs> with Linux It's mm. a bit again it's probably going to get better now because NVIDIA I think sees the sees us now that like whoa AMD is getting big in Linux we need to like change how and Linus Torvalds was saying something positive well, about it well then, it's I the see. software development stuff. so forth. so yeah. I think especially with the emulation stuff I've seen is quite impressive how good they've become where Certain applications, if you run it on Steam OS with AMD hardware and all that jazz, it runs better than you would have run it natively in Windows. And that's kinda cool and sad in one way, where the emulation and then basically the trickery of the software is better than the running it natively in the actual operating system. So I think if they play more and more with that that might be very interesting in the coming years Mm. if they can push that more. And saying, Sweet, if you want to play all your old machines, here's this virtualization of Microsoft that does a better job than Microsoft. (laughs) So you don't have to install Windows 95 or something stupid like that. You just run it. And I think there's a big push. I I hope Valve pushes the ebus out of this because Mm. this is amazing if they can get this right. Mm. Especially for all the games and then it's going to be easier for all the games to use the potential of newer games because we've even seen the amazing stuff that they've done with the OS where you can have like the upscaling tech is built into the op- actual operating system. So it actually can do it in real time. Mm-hmm. In the operating system, you actually don't need to actually have a driver level thing. It actually happens in the OS level, which is also amazingly cool. So that's where advantage we can see with Linux where it's like, holy crap, you can't do this in Windows. Like Windows now has to catch up with what the Linux is doing there, with especially with Valve pushing that type of tech. So I hope, I really hope that that comes from there. So, so yes. lots,
0: lots of interesting stuff happening. I um, after this discussion, I'm quite uh, tempted to go and uh, install Linux.
1: Oh yes, no, I'm I'll I'm. I'll when the AM, new AMD stuff comes out, and then if as soon as they make m- easier accessible versions of the Steam OS, mm-hmm. because Steam said they are going to make an official desktop version, kinda okay. that will launch, but that's still coming because they're still testing their own. Again, True. this is g- probably going to take them two years, a year to two years for them to actually get to a comfortable position. Now it's still tasting; we're still in the testing phase, but mm-hmm. it's probably not the last time we see Valve making hardware. Um, mm, it's going to be very interesting to see what the relationship between AMD and Valve is going to be, because I think there's going to be some cool stuff with VR with Valve coming, mm-hmm. and then that will also probably be very Linux based. And then we can only hope that Valve will make a laptop, because mm-hmm. that I think that would be game changer. That would be massive. Mm foolish move. <laughs> I think Microsoft would go, ooh, this is dangerous now. <laughs> we are now in the danger zone. <laughs> just don't call it a cancer. <laughs> no, it's not a cancer. It's just danger zone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I um, I do hope that uh, if you are a hardcore Linux user and you have uh, watched this entire episode or listened to this entire episode of Everything PC that we haven't tortured your soul too much. Yes. Uh, because we probably have...
1: Uh, We've probably offended some people, but... We, <laughs> I'm ignorant, I'm stupid, I acknowledge my EDC. I run a Mac, I've got I've got excuses. It's I, like one day, one day older. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep tinkering. Yes, I no, like of to play. I like no to no no, it's a lot of potential.
0: Before we go, our sponsors are HP yes. and Microsoft. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, sponsoring the show. Uh, we will be bringing you a special episode of uh, Everything PC in the coming weeks where we chat to senior executives from HP and Microsoft. Looking forward to that.
1: Yes, no, that will be very interesting.
0: Have them right here in the studio. We'll uh, ask them lots of hard questions now. We'll go easy on them, our sponsors. Um, it'll be a good discussion, though.
1: Yes, we'll okay. see their point of views on where Absolutely. they want to see those companies going. Absolutely.
0: And uh, next week we're going to talk about Mac OS. I suspect that's going to be a fairly short episode, but Uh, uh we'll you know see. me. <laughs> and then uh, before we wrap uh, the this season of everything PC, we are going to do an episode where we look at our ultimate tech—the tech we are lusting after.
2: Mm. What do we
0: really want to have if, if price is no object? What are we going to buy? And uh, I've got some—I've got my eye on some some stuff. It's running into the sort of six-figure range <laughs> of course now
1: um, buy some couple of 4090 cards and <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly
0: and you need a uh, one of those new uh no let me not give a, give it away yes no fine. no no we'll we'll come to it <laughs> if you're going to feedback drop us a line info at techcentral.co.za uh, if you want to subscribe to everything pc just go to youtube.com techcentral that's our main feed you can hit the subscribe button there you'll get this uh, a show. You'll also get TC Daily, our new daily technology show, and the Impact series, all worth checking out. And um, if you prefer your tech in audio format, you can find us on all good podcasting platforms as well. All you need to do is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whatever yeah. your favorite poison is, and search everything PC, two words, and you'll find us. From Gerard, who works at Computers Only and myself, the editor of Tech Central, Duncan MacLeod. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.